So we are in our new series called Frequency. And the point of what we've been talking about, we started last week, is that every believer should and can hear God's voice. Every single person who has the ability to hear with their spiritual ears, we could say, can hear God. In fact, I'm even going to tell you today about unbelievers in Scripture who heard the voice of God. So it really isn't a pre-qualifier, but it's awesome if you get to know him and have a relationship with him that he can speak to you. I think a lot of times we get sidetracked because we've gotten to the place where we think that God is a really good listener. And he is. He listens to a lot of people. Sometimes, have you ever whined in prayer, complained? It's just me? Okay. So we, (laughs) you're with me. Um, He listens to a lot and he's a good listener, but somehow we get a little bit off track and we think that he's purely that, a good listener, but really he's a good talker. He's, he's one who wants to speak and he wants to share things with each one of us. The question really is, are we tuned in to the right frequency? So we talk about radio waves and different things like that, that you, if you've ever been in the car and you've been one dial or one notch on the dial too far, you've heard static and you haven't heard the clear sound that you were looking for. That's oftentimes what happens in our life. So over the next several weeks, we're talking about how to mute the voices we don't need in our life. How many of you have ever had a voice in your life you didn't need? Okay, Yeah, good. I'm preaching to you today. So the title of my message is this, I am a friend. Last week we said, I am a sheep. Um, Today, I want to take a different approach and it is, I am a friend. Remember, if you miss a message in our series or anything that you're interested in, you can visit us online or go check out our podcast and listen to the message there um, if you're sick or you have to work and that kind of thing to catch up and to stay in the know. So let me ask you a couple questions. What is a good quality in a friend? Just think that through for a second. What is a good quality in a friend? You probably immediately thought of a friend and you thought of a quality like loyalty, honesty, mutual interest, something that you're mutually excited about, okay? Um, You think about things like that, someone who will love you regardless, right? Who will be there for you, who's dependable, all of those things, okay? So think about this. Imagine if you would, that I'm a friend of yours for 10 years and you get sick and you're in the hospital and I say, Hey, I'm going to come visit or Hey, I'm going to come drop by. And I go to the front desk and I drop off a book that I think you'll appreciate or a game that you might play. And then I just say, Hey, tell them I love them. Got to go. And then I walk out. So that's one option for a friend. That doesn't sound very exciting. But on the opposite side, what about a friend who maybe drives by the hospital on his way to work or her way to work, who stops in, sits with you a while, maybe sneaks you in your favorite food? (laughs) That's the kind of friend that we all want. Listen, let me just ask you, how many of you have ever snuck food in a hospital? All the rule breakers right there, okay? All the rule breakers. But we've all done that kind of thing before. And what we're looking at is what kind of friend do we think God would be? Do we think he's the kind that just dropped off a letter, 66 books. There's a lot of pages in there, okay? A lot of letters uh, to keep us busy for a while. Or do we think that he's really the friend who would stop by probably on the daily 
and say, hey, how you feeling today? What's the report from the doctor? How's everything going? Is there anything I can do for you at home? That's the kind of friend that we all would want. Amen? Amen. So I hope you never forget this. God is that type of friend. He's the type of friend that sits with you and wants to talk with you regularly. He doesn't want to be absent in your life or just called upon when you need something. He wants to be your friend. The full extent of the friendship that we have with God, the one true living God, is supposed to be two ways. It's a two-way street that we experience him as he speaks into our life and we experience him as he listens to us. And then we should be doing the same thing, listening to him when he speaks to us. So most people, like I said, have no problem with the concept that God is a good listener, but he has a mouth and he wants to speak. And here's the challenging part. He's not done talking. There's a whole branch of theology or a whole branch of churches that would say, well, he's done. He gave us the book and that's it. But I believe sincerely that we can find scriptural proof that he is still talking today. And here's the thing. Healthy relationships are built on healthy communication, right? Um, If you are in an unhealthy relationship, you find yourself having unhealthy communication. And God wants to have healthy communication with you, which that's not the problem, (laughs) Him, him having healthy communication with you is not the problem. It's us listening when he speaks. Here's the thing that I also think about. I also think that when God speaks, sometimes we actually don't want to hear what he has to say. Because it, it might be something that is uncomfortable. It might be a challenge. But here's the thing you can think about in your human relationships. A friend is the friend who says, hey, you got lettuce in your teeth. <laughs> right? You got something stuck, you know, or, hey, you know what? I noticed lately you haven't really been taking a break. You know, you haven't been spending time with your family or you've been sidetracked or you've been this. A friend is someone who has the opportunity to speak into your life in every situation. And sometimes that's uncomfortable. Not all the time, but sometimes. So I think here's what we do. We end up, and you're probably like me. I've done this before. Lord, I need to know what to do. God, give me direction. God, give me an answer for this thing. And then we carry on not listening when he says, hey, you know what? I actually have something else I wanted to talk to you about. Because we're not sensitive to thinking about him like that. I want us to go to John chapter 15, verse 15 today. And I'm going to give you some context um, to let you understand what's happening John chapter 13 to 17, these are Jesus' last conversations that are happening with his disciples. So we're going to pick up a place in John chapter 15, verse 15, where he's talking to the disciples. He's just finished, if you're familiar with it, he's just finished his statement on being the true vine. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you stay connected to me, then you will please me. You'll please my father. We'll be together forever kind of thing. But there is an option. There is a choice to stay connected to him. So he's telling his disciples that. And then verse 15, it says this, no longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing. There's a popular song in uh, Christian worship today, no longer slaves. The true meaning here in this message, 
today in this verse of servanthood would have been someone that earned a wage. They would not have been a slave like we might have the imagination of today. They would have had a pretty decent existence in some cases. And he says to them, I'm not just calling you a good servant like the ones I I pay well who do a good job for me, but I actually, I call you something else. So he says, the servant doesn't know. But here it says, I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I've made known to you. Now, this might be a strange analogy, but I thought of it this morning as I reviewed my message. And I thought this is kind of cool because friends are sometimes a secret keeper. Okay, sometimes you share, you unburden your heart and you hope they're not going to go blab their mouth about it. Right. Well, it's actually the opposite in God's kingdom. God gave us his son, Jesus. And Jesus says, I've got you 12 guys together. I've poured into you all that the father has given to me. And now I call you friends. You're my buds. We're going to change the world. In fact, you're going to do it after I'm leaving. When I'm gone, you're going to be the ones. He left his gospel, the message of the truth and salvation with a ragtag bunch of idiots, okay? 12 of them who still doubted him sometimes even in the last moments that he was here on earth, but he still entrusted them and he called them friends, not just servants. So when we think about like what my wife said this morning, it's not about checking off a list of things to do or, hey, I did this good deed kind of thing. We're talking about it. It's not necessarily, it's just like the offering. It's not about how much you put in the offering. It's the heart behind all of that stuff. And that's what God wants to get to. So no longer servants, but friends. The truth is that you and I can be friends of God. I want to give you two points today about tuning into the right frequency and hearing God speak to you. The first thing is this. Number one, God does not speak to robots. He speaks to people. So if you've ever been in the car and you put the, the foot on the pedal or you've moved and adjusted the gear and that kind of thing, you've been communicating mechanically and making that thing do what you want it to do. That's not how God works with us. We were created with a free will and we were created in the image of God. So he has a free will and he's given each and every one of us a choice to make. He's given us this choice. And I I guess I could say it another way that he doesn't want to just download data into your life. Or into your mind. He doesn't just want you to input your question like we do on Google. What is, and then fill in the blank, whatever. I bet you've Googled some strange stuff, haven't you? We all have, okay? Um, So he doesn't want you to just input something and then get a list of results. It's more than that. He actually wants to be your friend. Unfortunately, the main reason that a lot of people go to him is just for directions. The guy in the gas station, if my phone is down or I'm out without GPS or something, and I stop in the gas station and ask for directions, which has happened a very small handful of times in my life, he's not my friend. He's just telling me where to go. I've never met him before. I don't pay attention to his name tag. I don't know nothing about the guy. I just say, hey, how do I get to, and I fill in the blank. And I feel like that's been me before in my relationship with God. Now, I'm not talking about you, but maybe if the shoe fits, That's a challenge for each one of us, that that's really sometimes how we treat him. 
In contrast, though, I think that the main reason that God actually wants to communicate to you is because he wants you as his friend. It's because he loves you. And you say, wow, pastor, this can't get any simpler. Okay, this sounds really elementary, but I hear some wows because it's sinking in. We should experience the friendship that we have with God and allow him to have a connection with us that is a two-way connection, not just a single direction. He actually wants to be your friend. And I think it's one of the most amazing truths in all of the Bible. This week, I'm going to give you some homework This week, read Genesis chapter 18. If you get a chance, read Genesis chapter 18. There's a really interesting conversation that happens between God and Abraham, and it even involved negotiating. Can you remember a time where you negotiated in a relationship? Yeah. So there's a negotiation going on between God and Abraham. And I don't want to go into all the details because that would sidetrack us today. I just want to highlight the lead up to that conversation that happens. Listen to what it says in Genesis 18, verse 17, 18, and 19. The Lord said, so he's kind of like talking out loud. The Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and a mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. In other words, God is really saying, how can I keep my plans a secret from my friend? My friend Abraham I can't hide this from him. He, he's going to have many children and children's children. They're going to be my chosen people. How can I hide from him what I'm going to do? And it's a rhetorical question. Obviously, the answer is he doesn't want to hide from him. So God does not speak to robots. He speaks to people, but we still have a choice. Think about it. He spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden. He speaks to Abraham. He speaks to Isaac. He speaks to Jacob. He speaks to Moses. He speaks to the people with the funny names in the Bible, like Zephaniah and Zechariah and Hosea and all of these guys. These men and women heard from God directly. So Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, tells us that the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to a friend. Now, I know today's day and age, we speak differently. It's not always face-to-face, but we do even have the ability to FaceTime, okay? So we can still do face-to-face conversations, even if we're miles and miles away from one another. And the word of God says, God spoke to Moses face-to-face as a man speaks to his friend. I got caught up in that thought this week. What would it be like to have seen God's face? What would it have been like for Moses to be essentially the first guy who ever saw the face of God? We don't see that recorded elsewhere for him to be introduced and see the face of God and actually have a conversation with him. So in in Exodus 33, Moses is having a conversation with God and it goes somewhat like this, okay? You can read the story later. I'm just gonna paraphrase. Moses says to the Lord, okay, so you're asking me to lead these people out, but you haven't yet told me who's going to be on my team. <laughs> I, need, I need some people. And you said that like, this is doable. I got you. I have faith in you, but who are you sending to go with me? 
You told me, and this is what Moses says. He says this verbatim. You told me, God, you said to me that you know me by name and that I have found favor in your sight. So if all that's true, show me what you're about to do. Tell me what you're going to do that I may know you. So God's response is this. My presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. The very thing you've spoken, I will do. For you have found favor in my sight and I do know you by name. If you're not careful, you can think, well, that was Moses. He's a holy man of God. He's special. Please don't forget he murdered someone. I don't think anybody in here has murdered anybody. So we're better off than Moses, okay? But think about that. We think to ourselves, well, sure, God spoke to Abraham because he had to start something with somebody and Abraham was the guy he picked. Or sure, Moses got talked to because, I mean, it was really important. He had to lead a million people. I get it. I just have to have a regular job, have my kids and survive the day. God wants to speak to each one of us regardless of what sin we've committed or where we've been at. In fact, when Adam and Eve are found by God to be hiding in the garden, he's still there waiting to talk to them even though they have gone and hid from him. So don't be that guy. Don't be Adam and Eve in the garden and when something bad happens in your life or some struggle that you have creeps up again or something that you've done and you know is wrong and you understand that and you feel that tinge of guilt, when that happens, that's the Holy Spirit drawing you to himself. But our human reaction is for us to distance ourselves and to separate ourselves. So let's not forget who Moses really was. And all of these guys had struggles. All of these ladies had struggles. You can read the Hall of Faith. Hebrews chapter 11 has some incredible people in it. Namely, Rahab. She's mentioned in there. And she was a person of unsavory character. And yet she believed in God. God redeemed Rahab. One day you'll meet her. This is incredible to think about the fact that he wants to speak to us, to each one of us. So he spoke to people in the Old Testament and you may be tempted to think, well, then we move into the New Testament. He, yeah, he spoke to Paul, obviously, and the disciples. He was there physically. But he spoke to the apostle Paul, the disciples, and even a guy named Cornelius, who was an unbeliever who heard the voice of God. An angel appeared to him and showed up. So why would we think that we living now in the days of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, why would we think that he's mute, that he can't speak. God has been speaking and he actually gave us an amplifier, the Holy Spirit, to be able to hear him even when he's gone. Even when Jesus left the earth, he said, but don't worry, I promise you, just stay in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit's gonna come. And when he comes, he's gonna give you power. He's gonna help you to have boldness. He's going to equip you to do what I've called you to do. So the interesting thought is this, if you're missing out on hearing the word of God, not from the Bible, but literally just hearing the voice of God in your day-to-day interaction in your relationship, you very well could not have plugged in the amplifier that he wants to broadcast on. And that's the Holy Spirit. So we have to understand that the Holy Spirit is necessary. He was given to the church to equip them, not just them, but us now. So why would God send his spirit to dwell within us, but not allow him to speak to us, right? 
That's, that is a challenge for us to think about. You say, well, I, I don't know how to hear the voice of God. Listen to last week's message, but I'll give you this tip. Read his word and then just say this simple prayer. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this? And just wait in silence for a minute. Whatever he impresses on your heart, begin to write that down and start tracking. And I promise you that practice makes permanent. If you continue to do things like that, you'll be able to hear his voice more and more frequently. You'll be tapped into that. So last week when I stepped off the platform, I came down here and as soon as I did, I turned around and the worship team was doing their encore, which is what we'll do at the end of our service today. They'll come and do one more song and we'll have an opportunity to respond to what the Lord is doing in each one of our hearts. But as I stepped off the stage and I stood there for just a brief moment, I heard the Lord say a sentence to me, which set me free. It was about something that I'm dealing with in my own life and God gave me a word. I just, I heard it as clear as day, not like it came out of the speakers, but I heard it in the heart of my hearts, in my spirit. And it was a powerful thing for me. That sort of thing has given me some motivation even to live in a different direction this whole past week. I've been floating on a cloud, not having the same care I had before because God said, Don't worry about it. I got this. I don't know how he's got it. I don't know what he's wanting me to do as a result of it. I don't know what my next step is. All I know is he said, I got this. Now, I didn't have him say something very clear like that to me every single day this week, but I believe that every believer has the opportunity to hear him because his Holy Spirit is the one who wants to help us to be able to hear. So the people that God spoke to in the Bible are just like you and me. Uh, They were humans, not robots. They're created in the image of a speaking and a hearing God. And each one of us are as well. There's no, I thought about this, there's no deficiency in God. He hears you wherever you are, whatever sin you've committed, whatever you struggle. He hears you when you're angry and you get mad at him. He doesn't stop listening. He doesn't have any deficiency in him. Listen to what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit's work. I love this. John chapter 16, verse 12 and 13. It'll be on the screen. You can go there if you want to in your Bible. It says, I still have many things. This is Jesus speaking. I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. I think to myself, well, he's out of time. Jesus is ready to go and they've got to understand he's about to leave. And then it says in verse 13, when the spirit of truth, who is the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are yet to come. I love the work of the Holy Spirit in my own life when he's given me a snapshot of what's down the road, of of what I can expect. Wouldn't we love that to be so in tune with God? We know how bad today is going to be and we can trust him regardless. Wouldn't that be awesome to know that joy is just around the corner in certain areas of our life if we were tapped in and tuned into the frequency that he's on? So let me be clear about something. The Holy Spirit is indeed, in fact, God. And when he comes into your life, he speaks. 
So the questions arise, if he speaks and I haven't heard him, is it my fault? What do I do? How do I fix it? All of those things. Here's what I would say is just because you haven't experienced him speaking doesn't mean he doesn't. So keep asking. And a simple prayer could be, God, would you speak to me so I could hear what you have to say about my life, my marriage, my career, my choice in the future? Here's number two. God speaks to friends. James chapter two, let's read verse 22 and 23. The words will be on the screen. It says this, you see that faith was active along with his works, talking about Abraham. And faith was completed by his works. So stop there and think about this for a second. There's been this question about, is it just faith and grace alone? Is it works accompanied with faith? All of those things. It's got to be a healthy balance. We've got to understand that there's nothing you can do to earn salvation. But we also have to understand that once we become his best friend, relationship means we do stuff together. And it means that we do stuff for each other, right? Have you ever helped a friend move or helped a friend do some task? That's what friends do. You can have a friend with you every single day. So talking about Abraham, it says, you see that faith was active along with his works. It was a combination and faith was completed by his works. The next verse says this, it says, and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed in God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. If you grew up in church like I did, you might remember, and I won't sing the song, there is a song, I Am a Friend of God, uh, that was really popular for quite some time uh, and really overplayed, okay? But um, you can look that up on iTunes later or some other source, um, Friend of God. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a good thought, though, to help us be catapulted in the direction of understanding that he actually is not the, the judge upstairs ready to kill you if you breathe wrong. Like if you did one tiny thing wrong, it's not that. It's more so that he actually wants to develop a friendship with us so that we can walk with him and have him in our life. It says there, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. So it was as if Abraham had no ability in his own doing to receive righteousness. The only action he had to take was believing in God. And when he believed in God, then God says, you know what? I'm going to put something in your account on your behalf. And that's what he's still doing through the work of the cross and through Jesus Christ. So our creator, or better yet, I could say directly to you, your creator created you to be able to hear him, to walk and to talk with him on the regular. So we need to adopt this as our pattern of thinking. God is wanting to restore us to his original plan. That's what the end of all days is supposed to be. We're supposed to be back to that state as if we were restored in the Garden of Eden where there's no pain, there's no bloodshed, there's no suffering, there's no fear. That All of those things we're supposed to be restored to. And here's the other thing he's been working to try to restore. He's been trying to restore to each human the ability to hear him. I think of it like power lines that go down. And there's a disconnect somewhere. Transformer blows. Something happens during a storm, whatever the case may be. And the crews go out late at night. They're working all hours of the day and night 
to restore power. That's what God through his Holy Spirit has been trying to do for the last few millennium. He's been trying to do that to be able to get us to the place where we could tune in to the right frequency. So he calls you and I a friend even when you don't act the way you should. Have you ever had a good friend betray you? Raise your hand. Make me know I'm not alone. Okay. I know that this raises some things in our hearts. Maybe you're thinking about a situation like that. You can receive prayer at the end of this. I encourage you to pray good prayers for those people. Jesus actually said the same thing. It's one of the hardest things to do. But he says, pray and bless those who despitefully use you. That's a tough thing to choose. But he calls you a friend even when you don't act the way you should. I mentioned it last week. Jesus Christ, it says, died for us that even while we were yet sinners, he chose to die for us. And I thought, well, surely there's got to be more proof than just one verse. There's, there's more data to look at. I came across Zechariah 13, verse 6. You don't have to turn there. I'll just tell you kind of a paraphrased version. But it's a messianic prophecy. It's a prophecy about the Messiah or the Savior that is coming. And this is what it says. It says, the people will ask him, what are these wounds on your body? I want you to listen closely. And it says, and he will answer and say, these are the wounds that I I was given at the house of my friends. Not the house of my enemies, but the house of my friends. Matthew 26 says that when Judas betrayed Jesus in verses 48 to 50, it says this, now the betrayer had given them a sign saying, the one I will kiss is the man, seize him. And so Judas had worked it out and said, hey, when I get to the garden of Gethsemane, when I go and I give him a hug and I give him a kiss, you'll know he's the guy. Listen to what it goes on to say. It says, verse 49, and he came up to Jesus at once and he said, greetings, rabbi. And he kissed him. Jesus said to him, friend, do what you came to do. And then they came up, they laid hands on Jesus, arrested him and took him away. Even in that moment, he still called him a friend. And God's no liar. God isn't, he's not superficially going, hey, buddy, I know what you're here to, no. He, in his heart of hearts, still had that affection towards him to say, you are my friend. John 15, 13, we didn't read this verse earlier when we jumped into John 15, but it says this, greater love has no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. If you ever needed further proof that God wants you to be his friend, You can look no further than that verse and understand that Jesus laid down his life for you and for me. And I'm thankful that he has. At the close of each one of our services, we ask a question and we say, all of us together, just whispering a prayer, we say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And here's the thought I had today. You might need to start off by saying, Holy Spirit, it's been a while since we talked. And that's okay. You should feel a little bit of guilt in that statement, just that acknowledgement in your life. But God wants to have that friendship with you. 
He wants you to get back on track if you're off track. If you say you're a believer and you've been here in, in your faith for years and years and you just say, you know, we're in a weird spot right now, God and I. It's been a while since I've heard from him. I haven't been listening or, or maybe I feel like he hasn't been speaking. So maybe today when we pray that prayer, maybe there ought to be an apology of some sort. Maybe that's you, that you need to do that. Maybe there ought to just be the expression that says, just as a whispered prayer, God, I want you to speak to me. Help me to listen. Take all the stuff out of the way. I shared in our Pray First rally this morning, um, which happens every Sunday morning, 945 to 1015. We come in here and we pray for those who are coming. We pray for those who are serving. We pray for all of the aspects of the service. We prayed for each one of you today before you got here. But the Lord laid on my heart a message, a a thought that came from 2 Thessalonians when Paul writes to the church and he says to them, he says, I need you to pray for me and for us, for our team. He says, so that the word of God would have free course because he had in his mind the understanding of a river that was unhindered, that there was nothing stopping the flow of that thing. So would you stand with me today? Maybe there's something in your life or your experience that you need to really say, God, I need your help with. There's something in the way, there's something blocking my hearing of you. Then as the worship team leads this song, I would encourage you to just make your seat a place of prayer and just speak to God because he's listening and wait patiently while he speaks to you. Heavenly Father, I pray over each one of us in this next moment or two that we're here, I pray that you would speak to the hearts that haven't heard you in a while, to the hearts that are longing for you, even to the stubborn hearts and the hearts that maybe have betrayed you, but still you call us friends. So today I pray you would speak to everyone who would have you to speak to them. Let us be open to hearing your voice in Jesus name. something wrong and you don't deserve God to speak to you, but that's not true. He is a liar. He's been lying from the beginning and he keeps on doing it until the end of time when he's locked up for good. The other thing is, if you've ever been confused about, hey, I'm not really sure if that was the voice of God or not, I'm going to tell you it's always for your good. Yes. 
and for other people. So if you hear that still small voice, just that thought that comes to you about, hey, I want to help this family or, hey, I want to bless this person or, hey, I'm going to do this for my spouse or whatever it may be, that's God working in you. So don't get full of pride and say, oh, I'm all that because I figured this out. Because really scripture declares all the way through that no good thing comes from us. It only really comes from God. So those good thoughts that come, but some of us do have a battlefield in our mind that we have to overcome. So over these next few days, I just want you to really take just a few minutes of your day and think about you being the one who's in the hospital and that he wants to come and sit with you and you take time to sit with him. With your eyes closed, I want you to ask that I want to ask you this question and you can respond just by lifting your hand. We're not going to do anything silly or weird or anything like that. But if you say, Pastor, I have something in my life I need you to pray for. It's finances, it's a relationship, it's my health, it's whatever. Would you just slip up your hand right now? All the all throughout this room, hands are up. You can put them back down. Ask God for his help in those situations and believe that he is who he says he is, that he's a good father and he will show up and he will answer you. Father, I pray for every person who lifted their hands. God, I pray over these people, whatever it is, whether it's job related, family related, finance, whatever it may be, God, I pray that you would speak to them this week. Lord, would you prove yourself through this message that each person in this place would walk out of here knowing that they are a friend of God. The last thing I want to do is I want to give you the opportunity. If you're here today and you say, you know what? I'm not his friend and I don't know him the way that you've been talking about, that I I would like more information. I would like you to just lift your hand right now, wherever you're at. We'd love to pray with you and talk you through a couple things and give you some encouragement in your faith. So if there's anybody who wants to do that, you can lift your hand right now. We'll speak to you after the service here in just a moment. Thank you, Father, for you're so good to us, to each and every one of us. I pray that you would bless us today as we continue to practice hearing your voice. And all God's people said, amen.